Recorded live. Yes, we are recorded live, but uh, the wild season is long dead. It's deceased. Um, this is the five-minute major, and this is Jared Mason uh, hosting tonight. Uh, I have the full contingent with me, including Nick in New York. Nick, how are you doing? Word. Word. He's saving it all. Trust me. Uh, what about Mike Berg? I'm grumpy. <laughs> what is Obviously. new? Uh, speaking of grumpy, to continue the roll call, we have doubles as well. Salutations. <laughs> Well, you guys, I can already tell, are just going to be a fucking barrel of laughs tonight. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to try. I'll try to curb that then. I'll, I'll just be Mr. Joyful. Uh, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, big news uh, in the on the wild front the last couple of days. I think it was yesterday that was official. Uh, Boost Boudreau, which I, I know I butchered that on purpose, but Mr. Boudreau is now the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, big news, rather kind of, you know, I'm going to say a rather kind of fast, fastly developing uh, news. Um, we've talked about the head coach position to death here on the five-minute major, and, you know, I can remind some people of what we have said before and once we get into the discussion, but I don't know if anybody uh, saw this coming quite as quickly as it seemed to transpire. I mean, you know, the Wild were out before the Anaheim, I believe. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in their series, uh, the Wild were out before the Anaheim game, or series actually yes. ended. And and then suddenly, rather rather suddenly, it felt like um, he was the, you know, all of a sudden there was some tweets about some talks and some interviews, and then suddenly we have uh, Bruce Boudreaux as our head coach. So why don't we start with uh, Mike? Um, is that true? Did it feel, or, or is that true to you? Did it feel like it was really, really quick? Is it, was, dare I say, hasty? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of came right out of nowhere and it, it kind of raised the question to me of, you know, are our heads done rolling in the NHL? I mean, we don't know which other coaches may yet get shit canned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who knows if Ken Hitchcock is, you know, you know, who, who knows if, if Ken Hitchcock has finally reached the end of his rope in St. Louis, um, you know, who well, knows? They're looking if, pretty good though. Well, yeah, but you, you never know when, when, you know, which coaches where expectations are and, and which coaches have missed expectations. Um, it it kind of makes you wonder if this is one of those, uh, oh, my God, a, a 60% hot girl just became free for the prom. I better ask her before I <laughs> real hot girls are available. That's cute that, you know, that you brought up that un- completely unrealistic situation anyway. Oh please! I couldn't. I couldn't attract any sixty percent. That's way out of my mind. <laughs> Except your wife. Yeah, dude. She's yeah, our, you are. So far one out over You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> On Mother's Day, you said that. Jesus. Oh my God! What a dick. Uh, moving on before he, you know, digs his hole deeper. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a hasty decision. I mean, they they said all the stuff they needed to say. That being the management, you know. Uh, uh, Fletcher and, and uh, Leopold, well, they all to give everyone a chance, including Torch. But shit, with that kind of turnaround, was that just bullshit? Did they even talk to Torch again? Had he, had, he even had his, you know, end-of-year uh, interview by the time that Boudreaux was brought on? What do you guys think? Doubles? Uh, well, Torch was dead man walking the minute he publicly called out Ryan Suter. 
because you know Scooter went crying, right? The Craigie Jr. And and then that was the end of the line for Torch. Yeah. Anybody could have seen that one. Um, As far as, you know, were they too quick to act on Boudreaux? If you identify your guy and he is so far head and shoulders above the pack and all of a sudden a bidding war ensues, you got to get him. And Fletcher was in no position not to pull off that hire. Um, now, the the key question there is, is Boudreaux the right guy? Uh, is he head and shoulders above the rest, like you said? I, I don't know. I guess time will tell, but it... Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily tingle my loins, Bergie. Um, <laughs> the children. But it, but it I mean, it, again, it, it remains to be seen, but I, I don't know that he was necessarily the guy. Um, that actually may speak to the pool of available candidates as much as anything else, because God help us if Mark Crawford or Randy <sighs> Carlisle would have been brought in here. Although, I got to tell you, Having Randy Carlisle in here, I would have, the uh, very dark side of me would have enjoyed the torment that Randy Carlisle would have <laughs> bestowed upon me, uh, th- that he would have upset the apple cart with. So, yeah. all right, whether it's tasty or not, you know, you know, it felt like a, a quick turnaround, and, you know, that's that's kind of up to Chuck Fletcher. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts on you know that process or lack thereof of getting Boudreaux on board and anything else you want to get off your chest about Fletcher? <laughs> you just gonna open the door? Let me walk yeah, through it. Uh, wide open. Here's the thing. So Russo reported that Fletcher had to you know meet with Craig and plead for his job, and he went in there with some big plan about how he was going to turn everything around. And as you pointed out, that was before um, Boudreaux was available. So Chuck draws up this big master plan uh, in presumably some kind of crayon or at least a really fat (laughs) marker. um, And he goes into Craig's office and he says, here's the deal. Here's what I want to do. And Craig says, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance, but don't fuck up again. Um, there's no way at that time that that plan included Bruce Boudreau, Bruce Boudreau as the coach because Bruce Boudreau wasn't available to be the coach. So I guess what sort of I mean I mean to to the earlier point I mean his his stats are amazing his regular season stats are amazing and you can see where Fletcher's thinking shit if we'd only had better regular seasons the last 3 years we wouldn't have had to be scratching and clawing you know every game it was a playoff game for the last 2 months of every season and then we're worn out in the playoffs and we're playing the top seed and blah 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 maybe we become a top seed and we play uh you know uh, uh, the wild card team in the first round and and that sets us up so i get that but there is an element of fighting the last fight there and in any event it does seem like he tossed his whole plan as soon as Boudreaux became available because we know the Boudreaux couldn't have been part of his first, you know, purple crayon plan. So <laughs> I'm back to wondering what exactly what the fuck Fletcher is doing and whether or not he 
A is able to make a plan with, you know, hand signals or crayons or whatnot or otherwise, and B, if he is, if he's willing to, to, to stick to it or able to stick to it, or is just, hey, bright, shiny thing. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, bright, shiny thing. Yeah. There's another bright, shiny thing. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, did, did somebody say, did somebody say mac and cheese? I like mac and cheese. Did, did, squirrel. Look at that, squirrel. Yeah, I mean, the guy, I, I, I still have nothing that's happened since we last bitched about him has made me want to bitch about him even le- any less. And that's maybe wasn't going to happen no matter what to this point, but uh, it's still frustrating. Where I will, where, where I will counter that <laughs> is, okay, so Chuck draws up his plan. In Cran. And <laughs> in, uh, he, he takes a knee and he, and he holds out his hand like he's drawn up the uh, the play on the football schoolyard when they get the big two-on-two football game going. Okay, now you go down here and uh, go Wait, 10 yards down. Cap? Who's the bottle yards down and go out at the uh, oak tree, and I'll hit you. Whatever. He, however he draws it up. And all of a sudden, Boudreau becomes available, and... You know, he must have viewed that as, well, first off, I think he viewed it as a possibility. But when that possibility became reality, he must have viewed that as an instant upgrade. All right, you know, we're selling out to make it happen. Uh, you know, and he had, to have, he had to have approached Leopold's son and asked to make sure that he was willing to commit all the available resources and sign off on it. That's a good point, though, Doubles, because, like, he could have had a plan, and, and it could have been pretty well known that, you know, whether or not Anaheim tanks in the first round or St. Louis tanks in the first round, chances are pretty good for both of those coaches that they were going to get fired, and therefore there would be, a you know, one of the two or two – one of the two coaches that are highest, I don't know, highest profile coaches in the, in the playoffs at this point that would become available, therefore giving his plan some ammunition. No, no, no. no. <laughs> not, wait, We're giving, it's not giving him too much credit. Because that means Here, that I, he went to fucking Craig and said, my plan is contingent on either <laughs> or fucking Hitchcock losing and getting fired. That, that means that, that's what that means. And if he did that, and Leopold said, fine, then Leopold's a bigger asshole than I already thought he was. <laughs> here, is that possible? Here, here's that my question. I just, here, here's I, I my think, question. Was, was, was Dave Tippett still on the table when Chuck went to Leo with his hat in his hand? I don't the, believe so. Tippett was okay. never out of a job, I don't think. Yeah, but there, there, there was speculation that he may come available. Uh, there was uh, there was speculation that he had some type of out clause, and right. then, and it sounded like was, he ended up being declared the winner of a pissing match between himself and general manager Don Maloney, and at that point, Maloney was out, Tippett was extended, and that and, yeah, whole Tippett scenario team. was was pretty much uh, led to bed. Yes. Well, okay. So, so Tippett was already off the table before before Fletch had to go beg for his job. Sounds like. Okay. Or simultaneous. I mean, you know, I don't know that it was. 
But but what's what's your what's your why? I don't think Tippett was ever a realistic part of if, any if potential plan. Went to, right. Yeah, I just wonder if he he went to Leo saying, "Hey, by the way, Dave Tippett might be available here." But well, I, fucking Tippett hasn't second. done shit wait, either. Wait, wait, wait. That, yeah, well, no, that's another. I have another. I have a problem with that too because if <laughs> Tippett, if we're saying Tippett was or would have been his guy. Tippett's like the second coming of Lamar from a coaching system standpoint. Yep. Right. And Boudreaux, yeah, and Boudreaux's like, go get him, go, 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 let's go, let's get, let's go, go, go. So again, we're back to Fletch changed his fucking plan at the drop of a hat. Right. Once it was available, now our entire system is different again. Now we've got now we've got a system that may not complement the players. Whose contracts are fucking up everything anyway? Yes, exactly. But if the and, sudden and availability of Boudreaux was viewed in the front office unanimously as an upgrade, I don't find fault with that. Yeah. The, the question, the question is, if it truly will play out to be an upgrade. Okay. Right, and, and that, maybe that is the question then. So, like, considering who was available before, you know, everyone, you know, lost in the, in the first round and coaches became available, including, you know, our own team. Considering who was available at the time and then now who became available, I, I, I got to think that Boudreaux is some sort of upgrade, especially since, you know, we would have been complaining even more if they just had handed Torch another contract. Um Anybody want to argue against uh, who else is currently available that would be better than Boudreaux? No, I think I think they had to have gone into some sort of planning session with a list of okay, these guys are absolutely 100% available, and then here's a list of the guys that, depending mm-hmm. on playoff series outcomes, could be potentially available. Does it matter? Okay, well, good, that. good question. Let's let's that. Co- was coaching the problem? Well, here, here, here's, here's my question. No, I'll say no. Is what's how, how is Boudreaux going to deal with all these no move contracts? He's not. He can't. He's got to play them. Right. Right. He's not going to make so the only the only way that coaching is an issue is uh, putting up with the attitudes in the in the locker room. You know, I think Joe's style. I think Torchetti's style of play their systems were would have worked just fine more or less with with the with the the talent on the uh, on the roster but clearly not with the the attitudes and the personalities on the roster because you know they, they just turned it off for yo um they didn't play well for Torchetti at least Torchetti at least in the playoffs for a couple games you know uh, it's, is so I, I this is where I wanted to remind everyone that that you know what we opine for or pine for mostly in a, in a new head coach would be a guy that's not going to put up with um, you know players that he's going to you know uh, drive them hard and get them to compete. Um, is Boudreaux that guy? I know that Carlisle is, is is that sort of coach as well, but is Boudreaux not that sort of coach uh, at least a little bit more than we've had in Yo and, and Torch? Um, well, Nick, what do you think? Sure. Not just all, all pissy. All right. Anybody no, have I, a more more than a one word answer? Yes. <laughs> uh, it don't the, fucking matter. It, 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 it
the one thing that I do believe Boudreaux absolutely brings to the table is I don't think he has a problem with telling Suter, you're not going to play 30 minutes a night and you're at least going to split time on the power play instead of being out there for the entire two minutes. Um, I based that on, was it two or three years ago in the playoffs with the Ducks? Game four, he healthy scratches. He moved frickin' Solani. <laughs> um, How'd that work out for him? Well, Timo ended, up re- Timo ended up retiring and not coming back. <laughs> um, he took his finished ball and he went home. He, he did. Uh, also, um, the other thing that gives me a lot of hope for Boudreaux is Anaheim was off to a horrendous start to this season. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, uh, you know, it got to the point where in some, like, even towards the end of October and into November, um, several hockey pundits were saying, hey, the Ducks are dead. They're not even going to make the, they're not even going to make the playoffs. And all of a sudden, you know, Mid-April, looky, looky, who's the number one seed in the West? So uh, let's, let's or the number two seed, whatever. Whoever, you know, they, and they end up winning the Pacific again. Boudreaux's yeah. eighth divisional title over the nine seasons that he's coached. Um, so he does have a significant turnaround, a significant in-season turnaround on his resume. Um, he's benched Timu Solani, who's a and first ballot Hall of Famer when he's up for induction. And even this year, as part of his turnaround, I mean, that Ducks team has been built on Getzlaff and Perry for, you know, however long they've been around. Douchebag. And, and Getzlaff had, what, one goal through the first three months of the season, and that was an empty netter. And Boudreaux wasn't afraid to separate him and Perry and even put Getzlaff on the fourth line at times. So the thing that gives me hope about him is that he's not – I don't think he's going to be afraid to to do whatever he feels is necessary to right the ship here. And right. if guys in the room have a problem with that, I don't think he really cares. That's good. Yeah. That's a great summary of, like, Boudreaux's like, regular season kind of successes. Mike, considering considering that he's had such great regular season success with – talent like Ovi and then the the gets left Perry douchebag pair. Um what about what about the playoff success that he's had? Uh is that uh, so all for all for all the good he's d- accomplished in the regular season, um what do we think about him in the postseason and in compare comparison to the roster he now um has to ice? His teams are forty one and forty in the postseason. I mean, he he has a actually a winning postseason record. Um, amazingly enough, um, should it be amazingly I, enough? I, I don't buy that he is a bad playoff coach. You know, his teams. Yeah, I mean, goddamn with fucking Ovechkin, he should have been winning cup after cup after cup. Um, if, if he had advanced staff level, numbers as good like. Sorry, Brad. Yeah, it's it's it, it's not like his teams are just going out like punks. 
in the first yeah. round every time. I mean, yeah, they should have gotten farther, but at the same time, it's not like he's he's just simply this horrible postseason coach. Um, you know, and and I also think that part of the deal with with Boudreaux that excites me is that we're potentially looking at a whole new bench staff. Uh, no more. Uh, horse face, no more Sador. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's important that, um, you know, we get some new blood in here. And, you know, Brunette's gone, horse face is gone, Sador is gone. So, you know, I would have had Frankenstein on Darby. Can we say horse face Frankenstein? Uncle yeah, him. Neck bolts? Um, yeah, so. I, 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 I actually think that we, we should see some better. Uh, regular season results with him, and and I guess what we can hope for at this point is that this will also lead then to more postseason success. Granted, though, it's fucking Central Division, so um, flip a coin and and hope for the best, I guess, in the postseason against the Central Division. So did um did the Caps get bounced yesterday? Negative. By no, they they survived. I think so. Didn't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were they were up big, yeah. Well, there goes my my next fucking point, so forget that. Nick, do you have anything to add to uh, what Doubles and Mike were saying in more than one word? As a matter of fact, I fucking do. Well, that was already more than one word, so you can stop now if you want. Bob Murray said, <laughs> talking about why he fired Bruce Boudreaux, regular season success is okay, I want playoff success. And that was the fucking guy that Fletcher blew himself for. Okay? No. So, in other words, uh, Anaheim's sloppy seconds, you know, <laughs> runner-up, uh, king of failure to succeed, was the guy that we that Fletcher convinced fucking Leopold to pay $3 million a goddamn year to plus whatever we're paying Yo next year. So I just I just want to make sure we're all on the same page as to where our owner and man, general manager view our team from a competitive standpoint, right? Somewhere below where Anaheim is and with lesser ex- expectations than what Anaheim's GM apparently has for his own team. Uh, I mean, that's obvious at this point. That's, that's essentially factual, right? He wasn't good enough for Anaheim because they want playoff success, and he isn't good for playoff good success. Good enough for Minnesota. But he's good enough for, for Chuck Fletcher and Craig fucking Leopold to the tune of $3 million. That's just, Nick, so hate, that's what we are. I hate to break it to you, but we're an expansion team with 15, 16 years under our belt. Uh, our entire franchise is built off of sloppy seconds. Tell that to right. our, our Minnesota Wild historian. <laughs> All right. Or not. Are, you, are, you, are, you, are you trying to make me leave? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, I think I thought I was supporting your, your, your view there, but maybe not. All right. Boudreaux's playoff record has been well documented. He's lost his, you know, he's one in seven in game sevens, including losing four in a row on home ice, but I believe I've seen somewhere that his goalie save percentages in those games was like 860 or somewhere in that neighborhood. 
I'm well, not thank gonna, fucking I'm, God, because we've got Doobie. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Doobie and goals that go over the top of the net. and Yeah. Uh, but my point is, I'm not going to hammer on Boudreaux for, you know, being one and seven in game sevens in the most random sport for, you know, a one-game competition like hockey is. Um, no, but I'm going to hammer on Fletcher for that being what he wants. That's I don't know that that's necessarily what he wants, but, you know. That's what he, there's a, there's, that's what he went out and got. There's a difference between what he wants and what's available. Sure. Well, I agree well, with why? Why? He, 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 oh, that was, that's only the, the case because, to whoever's point earlier, he didn't wait longer. He got tracked in on Boudreaux the second he became available, right? To your guys' point, we don't know who else is going to become available. But who, who, who that's out there right now that we already aren't interested in is going to become available. I mean, I, can, you know, yeah, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's the answer or not. But the Wild is the laughing stock of the town, and perhaps the whole NHL if they sit around and wait and let Ottawa or Calgary come in and snipe Boudreaux. There's something there too, but. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if they could. Uh, you know, the only way that they could have got, uh, improved over Boudreaux, I think, would have been Hitchcock. But they're looking pretty good to go. I mean, you know, the odds are with them anyway to to go, get over Dallas here. And you know, I I don't know if they would fire him in a if they lost the second round or or what. But that'd be waiting around for a long long shot, I think. But who else? Any, anybody else out there that tingles your loins more than, than Boudreaux? Nick? No. Nah. Mike Yo. Oh. Mike Yo. <laughs> I hear he's available. Well, so where are we then? What? Uh, where the fuck are we on this subject? Uh, we have, we have, the, the only thing I know where we're at is that we have Bruce Boudreaux, and we're going to see how it plays out, but... Um, Shit, Mike. Where 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 are we at on that subject, uh, Mike? Any any thoughts on that? I it's the same thing that I said before. Not a single goddamn coach we bring in is going to deal is going to be able to do anything with these fucking NMCs that we've got on this team. All these fucking no move clauses are hamstringing the team's ability to bring in new talent. You know, it's potentially going to ham, hamstring our ability to keep the talent we have on this team. You know, Granlin's going to be up in a couple of years, or uh, next year or the year after. Um, Zucker's up. Nino's going to be up. Uh, Dumbo's going to be up. How are we going to keep all this talent we've we've been growing in this team, plus the fact that you have to protect your your no-move clauses in the expansion draft? So, you know, the coach isn't going to be able to do a goddamn thing about any of that. And and that's where the real problem with this team is right now. So is Zucker's talent... Is the current talent that he's stuck with anything he can work with, considering the way he's played his teams in Washington and Anaheim? I don't know if Double he can get more out of out of the guys we got. You think he can can get more out of, or no? I don't know. I mean, it's it would be silly to think that there's anybody on this roster or that will be on this roster this fall that is anywhere near the dynamic player of Ovi or 
much as I hate to admit it, got to laugh at Perry. Perry, Perry yeah. Is uh, there? Is it also fair to say, though, that the, the, the assholes on this roster have not played to their full potential? That's the thing, yeah. I mean, if, if he can just get these guys to be more consistent, even if, you know, I mean, not at, not at, just more consistent, that's a win, right? Yeah. And I think to, to Double's point about uh, Boudreaux's turnaround this year in Anaheim, you don't turn it around un, unless you find a way to be consistent. So, you know, that's a that's a positive for me, too. Um, he, he's got to be able to. He's got to be able to convince guys to to turn it around for it to work. Well, shit. Maybe Doobie should be the coach. <laughs> he's too busy got, pissing and moaning about wanting something reviewed before the puck has even stopped bouncing in his net. That's what coaches do. You know, he got Doobie got the entire team to turn it around. True. <laughs> he's a, maybe too young to to stop goaltending and pick up the the old uh, clipboard. Or just trying to play up on, on his hand, like Double said. One thing that makes me a little bit nervous about Boudreaux is I haven't heard anybody say that he's any kind of a X's and O's tactician. And who knows, maybe that's been blown up our ass for so long in this town that maybe we overvalue that a little bit. But uh, Nate Miller had some interesting comments today. Um, Nate Miller played for Boudreaux for a year, I believe, in Manchester, New Hampshire. And Where? Minor league in Manchester. <laughs> and <laughs> Nate was asked about Bruce's X and O's and his scouting reports. And Nate said, well, it's pretty much, he said, Bruce is pretty much the way he comes across in his famous uh, YouTube video yeah. on the 24-7. And he said, he said, at that time, the extent of Bruce's scouting reports would be to come in before the game and say, okay, these guys have lost three in a row. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Go. And, and, and that's about what he had for X's and O's. Um, but again, uh, like I said, that's been rammed on our throats so vigorously over the years, actually from day one since Lemair came in, that uh, who knows, maybe that's Maybe that, uh, in the name of, quote-unquote, a system, um, maybe somewhere along the way, uh, consistency has gotten lost. So He'll have, o- he'll have I- oats for that. What's that? He'll have oats for that. Good. Adam Oates? No? Nothing? Okay. No. <laughs> no, he'll just, you know, he'll just be around sometimes. Not every day in that, in, that, in the locker room. He'll be he'll be in the the Suter Parisi locker room. They have a separate one. <laughs> so what I've so what I've gathered is that we now have a a, a no system motivational coach that is <laughs> st- stuck with a a uh, a talented yet underachieving roster which isn't going anywhere except for the guys that will become available because Boudreaux won't be able to use the talent to meet his skill set as a coach. Yeah, yeah, that's my question. Why, How didn't, different... why, didn't, why didn't we just have a... All right, we're fucked. Thank you, everyone. 
How? Yeah, I mean, how how is this team different now than it was three days ago, two days ago? In terms of um, the outlook for the team, how is how has your outlook changed since they announced that uh, Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux was the new coach? Mike, what do you think? Yeah. How's your outlook on it? Right now, I, I'm I'm waiting to see what the team is able to do this summer, and how they're going to able to be able to keep the necessary talent that they have, and be able to keep everybody happy and make sure that you know um, Ryan Suter keeps singing Kumbaya. <laughs> How fucked up, though, is it that the necessary talent that we have to keep are the ones that we have to try to fucking keep, and the ones that we are keeping because we have no other choice are not the necessary talents we have to keep? Chuck right. Fletcher, ladies and gentlemen. fucking problem. Chuck That's, Fletcher. But Boudreaux's going to fix all that. To Nick's Evidently. Or <laughs> Chuck he is. So the only way Nick would have been happy is if Chuck would have lost his job and then yes. some other GM would have come in and then hired Bruce Boudreau. Yep. I'd have been fine. <laughs> totally fine. I I love that. Like you're the only guy I know that, you know, in Chuck Fletcher's reign has gone from like go Chuck go all the way, you know, top of the fanboy list down to defaming every single podcast now. Um in not that long of a time. No, I know it's it's crazy. Like it is crazy. I I'm not, say, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but like it's it's I just thought he amazing. was a man. Yeah. And I yeah, I agree with you. No, I, that's 100% accurate. But um but I'm sorry, he's just made too big of a mess of this fucking team and I I nothing that he's doing gives me any confidence that he's figured it out. So it is, you know, I mean, we're only you know, we're reacting to the cards in front of us. That's it. Done. Yeah. I'm reacting. Nikolai, Nikolai, if you're on, like, DEFCON 5 with Fletcher, where are you at with Leopold? Because he's the one that brought him back. I, I, it's, I'm of two minds about this. First, the first mind is that it's frustrating because it smacks of what happened this year being something other than totally unacceptable. Um, but he's the, he's the owner. Like, I mean, if he wants to move the team to Dallas, he can move the team to Dallas. So uh, of all the guys you can't complain about on the team, it's really Leopold, right? Associated with the team is Leopold, in my opinion. I, yeah, I, I think it, it speaks to the fact that we shouldn't be fucking talking about the owner this much as we have all year long. Like the owner, the owner is supposed to fucking put up the money, come to games, smile a little bit, wave, you know, and cheer when they when they win, and not be in the goddamn news so much, and not be, you know, pointed at as as you know. The only time like you know you ever point at the owner and like ask questions about the owner is if they're cheap bastards. Leopold has proven that he is not a cheap bastard, so he's been he's been willing to spend to get you know quote unquote the best talent at the time in order to come in onto the team. Right. So you would think you'd think he would just be, you know, uh, a fucking, you know, puppet role of being an owner and we'd be like, "Oh, that's our owner. He's great." And then like then we can complain about the rest of the upper management and the faults that they have. But to me it's just uh, a litmus test that that proves that there's so much more wrong with the team than than, you know, we would obviously we would want to have happen, but it maybe 
maybe any other team has to put up with the with that situation. I don't know. Am I am I wrong? No, I'll tell you what. Let me put it this way. I've never been happier that I did not have to decide whether or not I was going to re-up for season tickets mm. than I was this year. Because I don't know what I would have done. I mean, to, because you can't expect it to change if you keep filling the building. You know, what's yeah. his motivation to, to, to lay down the law as long as right. he's, the fans are demonstrating that whatever piece of shit product they're putting out when it, when it matters um, is good enough. You know, I mean, he's not... You know why? Why change and spend? Right. So, but then on the other hand, then he goes and he lets Chuck talk him into spending three million dollars a year on a coach. Like, I think didn't Russo and or Graf report that it was at least it was like a million more than he'd spent on any coach ever to in, during his ownership, which is like two coaches, but still. Thanks. Well, not only that, there's also the term. It's four years. Does that mean if this if this experiment? fails in the next two years, we're going to have to sit where he's going to have to pay him for, for two more fucking years. Yeah. And, yeah. and yo, <laughs> still pay yeah. yo, still, still pay Boudreaux. Are we Bad done paying cook. fucking Parrish yet? Yeah, we're done with Parrish. We got, we got cooked <laughs> for another year though. Oh God. Um, you guys, you guys realize our children are going to be bitching about Pomegranate still being on the payroll when they take over the <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll start teaching Hazel now the the, the infamous last name of Pominville, just in case, you know, just in case she's hosting someday. Um, but uh, question, does anybody know, uh, to Nick's point, about, you know, still filling the seats? Um, when was it, like, during Todd's reign that the the infamous sellout streak finally ended and attendance was down a little bit? Um, I want to say that it feels like attendance has been up in the last couple seasons, is, does anybody remember if that's the case or not? This year they reestablished the warming house waiting list. Okay. There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. I know I know. we bitched and complained a little bit uh, earlier this season about the increase in ticket prices for next season. I think Giles was on the show that night and 4%. had some words for that. Yes. All right. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to get the final thoughts just yet because then, you know, we typically go to after call, and then Doubles has some fucking awesome story that he forgot to tell. So, this is a, a new installment. Um, story time with Doubles. Doubles, what's on your mind before we get the final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. I'm still reeling a little bit. I still feel like, and at some point. It will pass, but I do feel like Mike Yo kind of got a raw deal here, um, not from management, because actually, if anything, I would say Fletch maybe gave him a little too much leash, yeah. and um, you know, losing 13 out of 14 from January to February, um, it was clearly past time to make that move. But now I think Yo might have might have gotten himself, might have given himself a raw deal by going over to Russia to coach Canada in the World Championships while the Ottawa and Calgary openings and Mm. Anaheim openings came available. So Mm -hmm. I hope it doesn't work out that way, but it looks like Yo may have have hurt his own chances there, which is 
unfortunate. So with a with a guy like Yo, I mean, obviously he was a first time coach with the Wild, and then got fired. Um, you don't usually see a guy who has so few years of NHL coaching get immediately swept up by another team that just fired their coach, like we see right now with the Wild and, and Boudreaux. Would you normally kind of expect uh, a guy like Yo to take a season off to coach, you know, do something else, maybe go back a league or or something like that, and then you know ramp it up for the next season? Or are you are do you think that you know from your bringing it up, I got to ask, do you think that he's uh, a good enough coach where some other shitty team like Ottawa or Calgary or Anaheim even would, would be, be you know their their loins would be tingled by Yo being available? I think Yo absolutely will be a head coach in this league again one day, and uh, and I don't think that day is that far off. Whether it's whether it ends up being this fall or next fall, or you know who knows, he could be the next uh, hot name once uh, once uh, you know once the next in-season firing happens. Now, sure. One thing. Since this is a new segment called Story Time with Doubles, one thing that I do want to touch on <laughs> is: Please do. Um, ha- Have you guys ever heard Bruce Boudreaux's um, brush with death uh, on 9/11? No, no. Do tell Doubles. That's where we, hey guys. I know it's a new segment, but when Doubles brings up that subject, then we're all supposed to say, "Do tell Doubles." <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> so, so in, in September of 2001, Bruce Boudreaux was the coach of the aforementioned Manchester, Marna, M- Manchester Monarchs. Nice. That's where Nate Miller played for him, which was at that time the LA Kings AHL affiliate. And if you guys remember, um, one of the Kings... Uh, directors of scouting, um, Ace Bailey. Yeah. Another gentleman um, by the name of Mark Davis were on that, were on one of the flights, a flight that left Boston and was flown into the World Trade Center Tower. Now, the interesting thing about that is that Bruce Boudreaux was actually originally ticketed to be on that flight as well. And it, as it turns out, um, the Kings head coach at that time, which was Andy Murray, um, had asked Boudreaux to come out to L.A. for a staff meeting and dinner and boondoggle and all that stuff. And he tried to convince Ace Bailey to go with him, but apparently Bailey kept his... Uh, he kept his expense record at the front of his mind and didn't want to absorb the cost of changing his ticket the night before. Boudreaux did make the change, and uh, the rest is history. Wow. That's incredible. Way to bring the fucking room down, Doubles. Yeah. Nice. The, uh, the first installment. But it's all very poignant and very... That's the kind of stuff you guys are going to read if you you know, you know check out doubles pieces. You know they'll be good and then depressing at the same time. Well, hey, you guys, you, you, 
true story. Is story time, time with actually, doubles over now? Story time with doubles on the fly. So, you know, no, uh, no pre-production <laughs> meeting on the so you get what story you get. Time with doubles. Uh, that's good stuff. Oh, my God. Sponsored Consider by that. Jack Kevorkian. <laughs> Consider that my final thoughts, Mace. It only took 25 minutes. Well, we'll go through the other guy's final thoughts first so that you have t- time to ramp up another half-an-hour story. So uh, Appreciate let's, it. Go over to, let's go over to Nick first for your final, final thoughts on this uh, Boos-Boudreau episode of the Five-Minute Major. I just want to say that I'm actually not down on, on Boudreau. As a coach, I'm, I, I am looking forward to seeing what he can do. I hope that he can replicate his regular season success. And obviously, I hope that he can overcome his playoff lack of ultimate success. That would be awesome. I'm really, really, really not down on him as a coach. The, my whole attitude problem tonight is basically still pointed at Fletcher. Um, I think he's clueless. I think he's run a sh- aground, and he doesn't even realize it, which is worse than running aground. I mean, you know, what kind of tugboat captain... It takes a big a big asshole of a tugboat captain to not to run his tugboat aground. It takes a bigger asshole to not realize that he's beached his fucking boat. And I think that's where Fletcher is. Um, but he remains one hell of a sales guy because he sold himself to Leopold for another year, which brings us back to Double's earlier question. But uh, whatever. So um, uh, the good news is now the off season can really commence. And the, the you know the the real decisions start for Fletcher you know and we'll find out about Vanek and and uh, the rest of the guys Dumba and Brodine and whatever sorry Mike and soon and so you know um, if he does nothing then uh, I may go burn his house down like actually and and um, and if he does stuff then we'll have more to talk about that's my that's my final so- one fo- one follow up question that final thought Nick is does your opinion of Fletcher improve or you know decline if he buys out Vanek? It doesn't change. I think he <laughs> has to buy out Vanek. But again, you gotta wonder about you know, I mean as we said, we still have Cook on the buyout pay you know, role for next oh. year. Now we're going to add Vanek for two years, and I still think he needs to buy out Vanek, but that is also an indictment of – it's actually not. It, it's, it's, it's not, not an indictment. indictment. It's not – yeah, it's not an indictment of Fletcher. It's just – it's another demonstration of something that didn't work out, a decision that, that he made that didn't yeah. work out. So I'm not yeah, I, I get you. It's like a good decision to kind of cover up a mistake you made. Yeah. Yeah. But now – It's not a mistake. No, I mean, again – I'm not saying he shouldn't have signed him. I'm just saying it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, but I think it's come, it's come to light in recent weeks that Leopold retaining Fletcher for this year could be a possible admission on Leopold's part for some of the mistakes that he should be culpable for. And if Leopold is the one that, you know, if it necessarily happened that Leopold ran Vanek down Fletcher's throat, which went down to Yo. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I don't know that we definitively know which mistakes Leopold should be on the hook for versus Fletcher. Hard to say. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, it could be Leopold saying we need more Minnesotans to to get those butts back into seats, you know. That could easily be something uh, Leopold could have um, orchestrated, even though apparently he's allegedly, anyway, he's just a fan. Good point, all. Uh, Let's go to Mike. Uh, final thoughts on your on this uh, Boudreaux episode? My loins are tingling for Boudreaux. Uh, <laughs> they are not tingling for Hunter. And I, just, I don't know what to make of this team right now. Um, I really think that they're... <sighs> We talked about consistency earlier. This team, fucking consistency has been a problem with this team for 10 fucking years now. It was a problem for Jacques Lemaire. Um, at, you know, at, at what point, at what point do we just blow the whole fucking thing up? Not, that, that, that's yeah. what I want to see from him. I, I, I want to see if he can solve the problem that has been plaguing this team since Jacques fucking Lemaire was the coach. I think we missed our chance this year as we've, uh, lamented several times this season. Um, but um, well put. Doubles, have you thought of uh, final thoughts, plural? Did, uh, did, did me hitting the button on my phone uh, come across on the show? No, it didn't. Oh. But I'm sure you heard it and that was satisfactory enough. No, I'm I'm good. Thank you for asking, Mesa. I appreciate that. <laughs> No final thoughts? I'm good. Thank you, sir. <laughs> okay, this, this is weird, but we'll go on without final thoughts and doubles. Uh, my final thoughts, um, here are a couple other final thoughts. You know, I'm just happy for something new for the team, and a head coach position is is uh, such that, you know, uh, newness in that position could spell for difference in the next season. So, Something's got to change, that's for damn sure, and, and hopefully next season we're, you know, just complaining about regular things rather than, you know, a roster that won't play for a coach and and a and a owner that sends mixed messages and, you know, has shenanigans with the roster. Uh, that's all That's all really I'm hoping for is, is a season where we can complain and rejoice like normal fans rather than those that are becoming distrusting of, of the uh, the team that we love to watch so much or at least feel compelled to or obligated to watch. So uh, that's that's uh, that's my final thought. And since I'm out of beer, that seems like a good time to wrap this up. So for the entire contingent of the five-minute major, including but not uh, limited to, Nick in New York, Mike Berg, and Doubles, this is Mason signing off. Uh, have a good night, and thanks for listening. <laughs>